Hello, welcome to Aero Bandwidth, your source for everything you need to know about the technologies, trends, and concepts that are steering our industry today. We hope that you enjoy this episode, and if you do, please subscribe. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Aero Bandwidth. I'll be your host today, Adam Capagon, and with me is my co-host, Larry. Larry, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, Adam. Good to be back on uh, Aero Bandwidth. Yeah, absolutely. I think we got a special guest teed up today. Why don't you give us a, a little intro? Hey, sure. Our guest today is uh, Peter T. He is with Intel, and we're going to spend a little bit of time today talking about some of Intel's latest uh, technologies and uh, around their next processor generation and, and other solutions that they have. Peter, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, Larry, it's great to be here on Arrow Bandwidth. I appreciate it. So I'm Peter T. I'm a data center platform specialist, um, almost 25 years now with Intel. Uh, previous to this, I was with IBM for about seven years and uh, just real happy to be here today to talk about uh, some of the newest technology. Awesome. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. Uh, 25 years at Intel, Peter. That's quite the run. You've seen a lot of things, I bet. It's been a really interesting run, yeah. absolutely. It's <laughs> really sure. amazing where the technology is going and the value for our customers. Awesome, awesome. Well, hey, why don't um, why don't you just take a minute and tell us what's new? I think some recent announcements came out that you guys um, were socializing. What's happening at Intel these days? Yeah, hey, Adam, yeah, great question. You know, we're really excited. Um, just uh, um, on April 6th, we announced our third generation Xeon scalable processor family. And, um, you know, we're really excited about it because this is more than just a CPU. And I think that's kind of an underlying message that you'll hear throughout uh, our interview today. Um, you know, so with this new, you know, family of um, uh, single and dual socket CPUs, we're bringing back a, a real performance boost, roughly about 50% across the board on, on all the standard benchmarks. And then where some unique software work goes on those numbers can go up dramatically the other key i think um, uh, new part that's that's happening here is security um, we've got two new security technologies built into this platform um, something called software guard extensions or sgx we got to have acronyms in this industry of course and then we have um, crypto acceleration and these are two new ways that our customers can de develop a more secure environment. And then finally, we're really building not just a CPU, but a platform. At Intel, we try to look at the server and get balanced performance. And you can have a fast CPU, but if there's other bottlenecks, that CPU can't do as much as it would like to. So where we find other bottlenecks and we can eliminate them, we will. So along with this announcement was, you know, we've got um, faster memory, faster solid state drives in our Optane family. And then we're even doing unique things in our you know, net, uh, network interface card business, um, adding some technology called um, application device queuing or ADQ, if you will, that allows um, 
kind of unique in, in, in the Ethernet space and allows you to dedicate a couple of the lanes of Ethernet to a specific part of the application, therefore giving the end user the best performance for that application. So we're really seeing this amazing intersection of the software and the hardware better working together. That's interesting. So you talked a little bit about some of those technologies. I know that Intel, um, I don't remember the exact date, but a year, year and a half ago introduced Optane Persistent Memory. Is there a new version or a new generation of that Optane Persistent Memory that dovetails well with this new third gen Xeon scalable processor? Yeah, Larry, there is. Um, and we love talking about Optane because Optane is really an, uh, you know, a transformational technology that we've brought to the market um, to move us to really, um, you know, higher performing, better ROI memory. So with the new third generation Xeon scalable processor family, we have a new version of Optane persistent memory. It's now the 200 series, previously it was the 100 series. And, you know, I mentioned earlier about having balanced performance. Well, with these new CPUs delivering higher performance, we need higher performing memory to you know, match up with it. Cool. No, that's great. I, I think we're seeing, um, we even have a couple of vendors on our Arrow line card that are specifically focused on bringing Optane memory to the marketplace and for cases like large databases and other applications where it really makes a lot of sense. So you yeah. touched a little bit on some security features and things. Um, how else, is there anything else you would add to help that how you would differentiate this new CPU line from the competition? Yeah, from a differentiation standpoint, you know, I think there's two things to take away. Um, and I kind of started building the first part of the story. We are developing and driving more than just a CPU. You know, uh, we want to drive this balanced performance. So it, it's really about a platform that gives great performance for the workloads that our end customers care about at the end of the day and gives them a better return on investment. Now we can drive all these new features, ADQ, SGX, maybe some new instructions in the CPU, but they're only good if the, if the um, software ecosystem is taking advantage of it. And we do a ton of enabling work in that space. One of the other things I think I've really seen a lot recently is that there is a big push. You hear everybody talking about cloud, whether it's multi-cloud or having on-premise and cloud. But at the same point, to me, cloud is just a different place to host hardware. So somewhere in the back end, you've got to have servers and servers run processors. And a lot of those are running Intel processors. What have you seen as changes in the server business you know, recently, and how do you think that affects channel partners? You know, the, the whole cloud conversation is an amazing one, Larry, and thanks for bringing it up. And, you know, I'll begin with a really big inflection point that happened at Intel uh, just a year ago uh, this spring. And that was, it was the first time that more than 50% of our, you know, server CPU revenue came from the cloud. Wow. Um, now, that took years to get there. That didn't just happen overnight. We all saw it happening. But I think that's a real telling sign um, of, of this shifting market. And I think what's important for, you know, our partners, you know, um, is that they're, they're prepared 
um, to be able to, you know, add value, grow a business in the cloud space, as well as the on-prem. I mean, the on-prem is a strong business and is going to be for many, many years. I don't think there's a time where cloud ever takes over on-prem completely. Um, but that transition to 50% is a really amazing opportunity for your partners to build some new businesses and some new revenue streams. And Adam, I certainly know that Arrow is doing more and more with the cloud these days as well. So it seems like that's a good fit uh, between Intel and Arrow. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're seeing, you know, we're seeing cloud everywhere. And Peter, I think you nailed it, right? Whether whether that's, you know, building um, cloud on premise, whether that's, you know, taking advantage of, of, you know, true public cloud or whether that's building, you know, some type of hybrid or, or really, right? I think what we're starting to see um, more often than not is, is multi-cloud. And, and I think that, um, you know, it's important to, to understand kind of that infrastructure space, right? But, um, you know, Larry, maybe if you don't mind me interjecting here, um, you know, Peter, it'd be awesome to understand a little bit more about um, Intel and, and kind of your view of the software ecosystem and what Intel's doing in that space to help kind of propel at the software applications that will take advantage of, of this new infrastructure that we're talking about. Yeah, the, you know, the software side of this is so important. You know, at Intel, we can make a fast part or add some new instructions to a CPU, um, you know, come out with some new memory. But if the software, if the applications, the workloads that our end customers care about at the end of the day, if they're not seeing those features, if they're not taking advantage of them, they're, they're not helping anybody. They're just... You know, they're just a, you know, a PowerPoint slide with some specs on. So, you know, that kind of goes back to what I was talking about earlier about one of the ways that we differentiate from our competition. We've got 12,000 software engineers at Intel, and that tends to surprise a lot of people. People look at us as a hardware company, and certainly we are, but we understand that if we're not tuning, scaling, and optimizing the software to see new features and take advantage of new performance opportunities. Um, the technology, you know, isn't worth deploying. Those engineers are out there um, consistently driving in many different areas. They are one of the largest contributors to the open source community, Linux community, and then we have teams that work with all the major ISVs and even the next wave ISVs, and then all the cloud solution providers as well, and working on unique software tuning, scaling, optimizing to see the features that we talked about earlier. Um, so we're really proud of all that enablement work. And again, that's very unique in the industry. That's what gives us such a broad ecosystem, not just a fast CPU. Yeah, excellent, thank you. Um, you mentioned um, tuning and, and kind of reporting. You know, we've seen the emergence of, of artificial intelligence inside of, of many, many, many things, right? From our traditional storage suppliers to right, companies that are known for AI through and through. Um, what's Intel doing inside of that AI space? And maybe more importantly, what does that mean for the channel and our channel partners? Yeah, Adam, I love the whole AI topic because you know a couple years ago ai was kind of this corner uh work that was going on what shifted in the last two years two and a half years is 
AI, we believe, is touching every workload, every application, mm-hmm. okay? You know, all of our customers are collecting data one way or another, and they all realize they need to analyze that data in a better way and take advantage of it to stay competitive, lower the cost of deploying their technology, you know, uh, offer more to their customers. Um, And we're really seeing AI being discussed, not just in the enterprise space, the mid-tier, and even SMB is trying to understand how to take advantage of it. I think for our for the partners out there, that's an amazing opportunity um, to build a practice. Now, AI is a giant topic. You know, find an area where you can add value, maybe as a vertical or type of workload and, or, and so forth. Build a practice and offer that to your customers, then build from there. What a great additional revenue source. And it's all about adding value to the conversation. Now, on the Intel side, we look at every product we make and we now have to answer how does it help in an ai world that's how impactful this is and i'm talking desktop cpus mobile workstations you know uh, nick cards memory and server everything we're trying to do a, a better design to better enable um really a lower total cost of ownership to build out ai on and you know it, it's our strategy that you can do more on a on a Xeon processor, and that helps lower the cost of deploying AI technology. And then specifically, we take you know our, our CPU family, and this started with the last generation, and and it's in the third generation as well. Um, we've added some new technology, some new instruction sets. Adam, they're called vector neural network instructions. That's a whole other podcast for another day. What? <laughs> This is a great example where we put new instructions into a CPU and then, remember all the software folks we talked about, they go out and they work with the TensorFlows and the Pythons and the Cafes and the OpenVinos and they make sure that they're tuned, scaled and optimized to see those instructions. And when they do, it's not a 50% increase in performance, it's a 3x, 5x, 8x increase in performance. And this is all native on the CPU. So here's that ecosystem working around some new technology. And we think that allows you to do more on our processors and lower that cost of deploying AI. And I'm just going to have one more quick thought on AI that I think is really important for your partners, if I may. You know, AI, we hear all about autonomous cars and robots. And, you know, that stuff is fun to look at, but that's that's not that's such a small part of AI. And that's the really complex stuff that you know people are really intrigued by. But you know, I'll be honest with you, there's actually some rather mundane AI work going on out there, but it's saving real money for customers. So I encourage the partners to, you know, talk to the customers, understand the direction they're going. And it may be as simple as automating some business process with an AI tool. Um, and you'd be amazed that once you prove out one AI solution, your customer wants to go on to the next one. They want to grow. They want to do more. They want to see value. Um, so dig deep, have the great conversations with your customers. There are certainly great opportunities out there. Yeah. Awesome. Great advice. Couldn't agree more. Um, so, you know, it, it wouldn't be fair if we didn't maybe end the AI kind of conversation um, by talking about GPUs, right? Like the GPU market 
continues to get lots of attention. New competitors in this space seem to be, you know, um, poking their heads about. Um, lots of innovation happening there. You know, what's Intel doing in, in the GPU market space? Um, and again, right, maybe we can end this topic on, uh, on how can the channel take advantage of your offering there? Yeah. So, you know, a couple thoughts. Um, the whole GPU space is really fascinating. And, um, and, and you know, I'm going to kind of begin by saying um, our goal at Intel is to lower that cost of deploying an AI solution. We believe 90 plus percent of AI workloads can run on our Xeon processors, especially when they take advantage of those new instructions I talked about earlier. Um, and that's all because that software, you know, tuning that happened behind the scenes. Um, but there's a time and a place for a GPU, absolutely. Um, but we got to remember when you put a GPU in, it's an additional resource on the server, right? It's a they tend to be expensive cards, mm -hmm. so they drive up the cost. Yeah. Um, then you need some custom app development work to recognize them and take advantage of them. And, you know, there's thermals and electricity and everything else that goes with it. So you've really got to look at all that additional work beyond just the cost of the card. And again, there's a time and a place for them. Um, you know, we'll, we're, we are in the GPU space today. We've actually branded a new line. It's the X with a small E in the upper right corner. And as an, we have some niche market GPUs out today because there's no one GPU that can do everything for everybody. So we have, we have a, a couple cards out for the gaming industry. One can have 100 concurrent users, the other one 200 concurrent users on a single server. Hmm. I mean, that is a great story yeah. for um, you know, deploying technology. Will we have a mainstream uh, GPU? Probably, you know, maybe in 2022. Um, but again, at the end of the day, our goal really is, is to lower that total cost of ownership um, in the AI space. And the more you can do natively just on the CPU dramatically lowers that cost. And that's, that's our ultimate goal. And then there'll be GPUs when they're needed. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, great. Thank you so much. Um, so, I, you know, it, it, Peter, so many things we talked about today. Third generation Xeon processors are out, right? Updates to the Optane persistent memory portfolio. Um, great differentiation in the CPU line, right? From, from Intel's perspective. Um, 12,000 software developers. Who knew from Intel, right? Crazy. Um, and then I think some great guidance on AI and, and the GPU space, right? With the core message being, Right. Hey, it's it's especially in the channel, right? Total cost of ownership and performance, right, go hand in hand. Um, and and the the best performance we can get for the least amount of money we can spend, right? I think is everybody's dream. Um, certainly mine, right? But uh, Peter, fantastic conversation. Thank you, thank you so much for for being on with us today, Larry. Uh, any any final thoughts before we part ways here? Well, I think one final question I had for Peter, and we touched on this a little bit, but what what ending message would you give to our Aero partners that helps them? What's the best advantage they can take of all of these new technologies and working with Intel? Yeah, Larry, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's about the partners. They're at the street level. They are deploying the technology, having the conversations with the end users. I, I think everything we talked about today 
are all potentially new conversations. Maybe some partners are a little further along with one or two of them, but I'll bet there's there's one here that could be new for their business. You know, be it just simply taking forward our story about the third generation scalable, uh, you know, Xeon family, um, and you know, the security story and the performance and the platform story. That alone is a, is value add for their customers. Then, if they want. Have those cloud conversations. Have those AI conversations. Um, you know, each of these conversations is value add for their relationship with their customers, and will bring them closer to them. And when you have these conversations, they almost always lead to an opportunity. Well, thank you, Peter. Yeah, I think it's great advice, um, and no better place to end than there. So, Peter, once again, thank you so much for uh, for being on the show. Larry, appreciate you as my co-host today. It's been great. Um, Peter, look forward to doing this again in the very near future. And uh, to our listeners, right, make sure that if you like what you hear, give us a thumbs up, send us a comment. We'd always love to hear about other sessions you'd like to hear uh, from Arrow, right, do here on Arrow Bandwidth. And uh, with that, we'll wish you all a, a great day, and we'll talk next time. Take care. Thanks so much for listening. To contact us on Twitter, use hashtag AeroBandwidth, and we'll see you next week.